Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. Great to have your company. At Good Talent, we're a team of ex-journalists here, and we help you get your message across in the media. And we've got a co-host today, the one and only John Sullivan, our only Welshman in the Good Talent team. We're diving into a really important topic today, John, imposter syndrome. Yes. And how it's holding people back from really increasing their profile and strengthening their brand in the media. It's an enormous problem. And I'm happy to declare as a former live broadcast journal, I live with the problem. I've had it since a kid. I've still got it now. Yes. So I guess we're here to tell everyone, if you've got imposter syndrome, it's totally normal. I think it's probably a sign of progress, Tony, and, and realism. I know myself that I've definitely walked into newsrooms and sometimes you think, you know, am I the best person to cover this story today? You know, there might be someone better or do I know enough and so on. And, and, you know, in different situations, it can it can challenge you, but give you sort of motivation as well. So I think that um, if you're asking yourself the question or you're feeling like an imposter, it probably tells you you're on the right path, which is, you know, you've got a realistic sense of, of, of what your skills are and what, what you're trying to talk about. And it's part of identifying the problem and, and identifying opportunities to get better. But look at the opportunity cost. If you're sitting around thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, people are better than me, I can't do that, the opportunity cost is enormous. It could be your career. It could be your salary. It could be the progress of your organisation. That's the failure. For sure. You're missing out on opportunities that you will otherwise take, you know, um, because you haven't got the self-belief to simply say, I can do this. I'm the right person for the job. So I think that it's probably a key fundamental thing that we all need to embrace in terms of lose the imposter syndrome, have some faith in your abilities, understand what you need to improve upon and seek the expertise to grow. Absolutely. In fact, you know what? Imposter syndrome got me into journalism. Yeah. I remember as a kid, Wanting really, if I can share this now, first time with John, first time with anyone, yeah. my secret ambition was to be an entertainer yeah. as a kid. But hey, I couldn't do that, could I? Because people wouldn't like me. I didn't like myself. I'd be an imposter. Yeah. So I had that ambition from it as a child, but I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get into journalism mm. because it'll be about news and it'll be about issues. And it won't be about me. No. And I'll hide my personality because I felt like an imposter, but I'd still get to be on. I get to have national coverage, et cetera, et cetera, but hide who I was. Yeah. So failure or otherwise, it got me into journalism. Yeah, well, you're the one with the power in that situation. You've got the microphone. You're the one asking the questions. And I totally understand what you're saying. You don't necessarily have to reveal anything of yourself. You're there to extract information and get the best interview or chat out of someone. Do you know, Tony, it's very similar to me. My grandfather and my dad, they love show business. And it always felt like journalism was a way to get past the barrier. You get accredited for events. It gives you access to the elite people, the decision makers, from a prime minister to maybe the gun for your nation. So I completely empathise with that. And that's what's one of the best things about the industry, really. Yeah. And I guess that's the gift of second-tier media. Yeah. And obviously, we, we do a lot of podcasts on all the ways you can increase your profile and strengthen your brand and, and look out for our series on second-tier media. It's a huge opportunity for you. So the gift of second-tier media is everyone now is a publisher. Everyone now is a broadcaster. And it's so informal. I, I think what I'm loving about second-tier media is I, I remember being so constricted at the ABC, particularly the ABC. You had to have everything right. It wasn't the case necessarily at Network 10 or commercial stations. Different standard. A totally different standard. It wasn't long ago we interviewed um, Rick Gonzalez, uh, uh, SBS newsreader. I worked with him at SBS. Here we are on a podcast having fun, riffing, talking about everything, and the freedom of being yourself yeah. and not feeling like an imposter is yeah. great. 
But can you recall a BBC, ABC? You were so constricted. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the BBC, it had a high standard editorially about two separate sources of information, verification for stories, and there were various political and parliamentary inquiries into standards of journalism. But the BBC was a wonderful place to work in the sense that it empowered you to grow, Tony, and there were some great colleagues that weren't afraid to share their talent or their power to help you grow. Certainly, I understand what you're saying about the ABC. When I came here as a Welsh person, I felt there were barriers everywhere. That might not have been the case. It might have been you know, my own performance or, as you say, imposter syndrome. But it definitely is a different standard that these institutions are publicly funded. They've got public accountability. And it's different to second tier media because, let's be honest, everyone now potentially could be a journalist. If you've got a, a modern phone and you've got access to some kind of um, platform like YouTube, you're a content creator, producer. Really, apart from their rules, there are no barriers to entry. So where we see imposter syndrome in our daily life really is as PR hacks, PR people and media trainers because we're all about getting our clients in the press nonstop. And endlessly we're working on people's sense of imposter syndrome. And I think what we're trying to do with our clients all the time, whether you're a little not-for-profit or a huge not-for-profit or a big peak body, is to obviously release imposter syndrome, let people in on the secret. Hey, I feel like that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what we're doing in a way is dropping ego. The more we can drop ego and be ourselves, in fact, the more powerful we are in the press. Yeah, definitely. I think we can all waste a lot of time trying to portray this image of us that we think is desired or the, or the best one. But in fact, that might not be the real us at all. And in fact, it's probably not the best version of ourselves because, you know, when you're pretending, you're never really at your best. You know, you're always at your best when you're sort of demonstrating your core values. You know, like if you, for example, I know you care. I care. We like to tell stories that change lives. That's something we spend a lot of time working out before Christmas. So this is where we come from. And this is the, the organization that we're, we're privileged to work for and you built. So I think that's a lovely positive message, really, that you've got to, got to be true to yourself. And go out there and tell your story. Yeah, so I guess our message for you today is to face up to your imposter syndrome and accept it as part of your being and maybe accept it as part of most people's being. In fact, it reminds me actually once, John, of being at the ABC and like your, your packaging for the 7pm news. I remember after the edit just wanting to get out of the place, yeah. not only because I wanted to get back to the wife and kids, but I didn't want to be in the building when my package went to air. Because you knew nothing good could come from it. Well, I just think, <laughs> I, I just thought standing there watching myself with people watching me watching myself, I, it's excruciating. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's funny too, an extroverted, like I, I describe myself as an introvert who likes an audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it, right? I yeah. do like an audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can relate to that for sure. But I've, I've got introverted qualities. So here I am trying to race out of the joint because I – did not want to watch, have people watch me watching myself on this big screen, but I let everyone in on this, you know, and it's not a, not a news flash. Like you've got to have a huge ego to be a journo. For right? sure. And didn't matter what newsroom I worked in, SBS, Network 10, ABC, everyone would stay back <laughs> for this bulletin to go to air and watch themselves and have everyone watch you watch themselves or however that works. So I'm trying to scramble out of the joint, but I got stuck into small talk. Oh, no. So I'm there. And I'm not up yet, but off the top of the bulletin, I'm watching a colleague and she's up big screen. We're watching her watch herself. And she's saying, oh, gee, that looks good. Gee, that sounds great. And I remember looking at her thinking, wow, I would love your confidence. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Because I'm cringing for you and cringing for myself because I'm up next. But I assume, John, that that lady did not have imposter syndrome. 
No, maybe, maybe you, you may say that um, a lack of self-awareness, perhaps, or empathy, you know, yeah, yeah. because because you know what it's like. I mean, self-praise is no praise at all, really, is it? Mm. You know, you really, to know that we've done something good, you want contemporaries or people you respect to say that was a good job yeah, or yeah. give you tips on how to get better. Mm. But that was interesting in newsrooms as well. I found that it didn't matter what bureau you're in, you're never getting compliments from ABC Melbourne, for example, but ABC Sydney, oh, well done, nice work. You're getting... Because I think that, well, that maybe that's for another podcast. There's cultural problems in newsrooms, right? They're toxic environments. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they can be. And that's why I really enjoy doing what I do now, because we just focus on the work, the stories. And as I say, telling stories that change lives. You know, we get to work with some wonderful organizations and they are actually doing things that, 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 that are making the world a better place, really. So we, we touched a little bit about dropping ego and, and trying to dissolve this imposter syndrome. First step for everyone listening, right? I think you might have to accept you're never going to get rid of that feeling of being an imposter. No. I haven't. No. We're not psychologists. We can't help you in any deep way, really. But how I'm living with it is accepting it. Yeah. You know? And the facts are, as you mentioned, John, we live for helping our clients. Definitely. So if our clients are winning, we're winning. So I think if your whole, and I guess it's a Buddhist thing too, that your motivation actually influences the result. It does. It does, right? If it comes from a good place, it goes better. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So I think if you're popping into the media, well, firstly, you're considering being in the media, but you've never done it because you feel like an imposter. Let's drop that. So accept that we all feel like that. You're going to get into the media and be nervous. You're going to think, shit, who am I to be doing all of this and telling these stories? Well, you are the person, let's say, because you've got 10 plus years of experience in your industry. The news cycle's moving furiously. You're Johnny or Sally on the spot. You happen to have great insights that no one is aware of because of, they don't have the experience. Yes. So here you are. You've got your big moment now. This is your moment to shine. And getting back to your motivation, if your motivation is actually to help the sector that you're in, well, you're the right person to be telling the story right now. Yeah. And as you say, that there are many great journalists out there, Tony, that want to tell these stories as well. And sometimes their interaction with people like our clients are the best thing that happens to them in a day because the newsroom is so you know toxic, competitive, and there's a 24-7 news cycle, of course, that you know, they're having to fill. I think it's a win-win all around. Get out there and tell your story. And in a way also, hopefully your sense of being an imposter is something that you're fighting against. Because I think if you give into it, you're never going to step up into the media and actually grow grow your organisation. So give it's a bit like anxiety. And yeah. I can't speak about anxiety with any authority at all. But I'm assuming, and please comment and, and reach out to us if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming if you're giving into it, you might be stuck in a corner in the room and never getting out. But if you've got this sense of imposter syndrome when it comes to media performances, I want you to fight against it. Yeah. Rally against it. Accept that it's going to manifest in shaking in your body or nerves in your body or moments of self-doubt in your mind but you can be chatting away through that and in fact watch that performance back and it might be okay now my rule for myself in newsrooms was never to watch anything back that i was performing or doing within 72 hours because yeah. i knew if i let 48 or 72 hours go i'll be less attached to those clips yes and actually look at some good work but if I look back on it straight after the live cross, I'd be hating everything about it. Yeah, for sure. And by the time you've actually put the piece together and it goes to air, you're all, you almost had enough of it yourself because, you know, you've watched the same grabs again and again. You've looked at the overlay. You're working out with the editor how to put it together. By the time you get it out there, you're just relieved that it's done, that you've met your deadline and you just don't want to see yourself or hear yourself. Be right that distance, that separation to go back and say, look, I really um, enjoyed some elements of that work, but I think I could do better there. It's a good thing. So don't suffer the opportunity cost of imposter syndrome. Don't suffer it. Rise up 
be the media performer that you can be, get all those accolades. And it's not about being the best necessarily in your sector. It's always about being the first. So, hey, I've got imposter syndrome. I've declared it now. It's published, right? I'm out and I'm okay with it because I think there's so many like me. Yeah, and there's so many ways you can improve. If you want to get fitter, you go for a jog, you know, you go running. If you want to get good at the media stuff, we can help with media training. You know, you can get the skills that help you perform better. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get fight fit. You've got to have a go. Be kind to yourself and give it a crack. And, uh, you know, you are one of us, I guess, in, in a sense. And we're all one in what we're all sort of struggling with internally anyway. And I think this is just another another thing that a lot of us struggle with. Exactly. It's just another step on the journey. Well, uh, John Sullivan, a Welshman on the podcast. I love that. Like, it's not only your intellect, it's that accent. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm from Cardiff and I'm uh, very proud to be Welsh. And uh, we've got Tommy from Northern Ireland who works with us here at Good Talent. So we call that the, uh, the Celtic Alliance, don't we, Tony? That's Good it. Media. Yeah. We do love the Celtic crew. Thanks, John. Take care. And thanks for listening, guys.